0: Welcome to the Money is Emotional Podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues.
1: Hello and welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, it's great to see you again. How are you doing these days?
2: I am doing amazing because... This weekend I am headed down to Florida. So we're getting uh my dad settled down there for the winter in his new house. Ooh. So I'll be golfing on Monday. So I'm very, very
1: excited. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I'm stuck here in the cold northeast where there will be no golfing. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe mini golfing inside somewhere. <laughs>
1: possible well actually there are indoor clinics where you can work on your swing oh, so good. that would there be that would be about where everybody is going to be <laughs> coming very soon i'm sure
0: uh, today's
1: topic is a little important to me because i uh, you know a little confession here i am a senior parent so
2: <laughs> you are yes <laughs> well today's episode is helping your senior parents with money And I'm honored to welcome my friend and special guest, Julianne Miller. She's an accredited financial counselor and the owner of Life Money Management. She is a longtime member of the American Association of Daily Money Managers.
3: Welcome, Julianne. Thank you very much. It's great to be here today
2: yeah so you know this is really an important topic especially for those of us who are gen xers right because we've got parents who are getting into their 70s and you know even into their 80s and some of them need our help with money and that's why i asked you to come on because i'm dealing with that right now in my life and I know a lot of our listeners are as well. So before we really get into the meat of this topic, I'd love for you to tell us about your personal journey that led you to financial coaching and daily money management.
3: Christine, I'm really glad that we have the opportunity to talk about this because this is a really important topic. Um, yeah. I used to work in an accounting firm for 13 years, I've worked with a lot of individuals and families with their personal income taxes. And I was always surprised by the number of clients who didn't understand money, they didn't understand taxes, some of them even didn't know how to fill out some of the applications. And so not understanding the financial concepts and terms made some things very difficult for them. And there was one day in particular when there was a woman, an elderly woman who walked in, her husband had died and she had no idea how to take care of any of the bills. And so that was very concerning because she was walking into a place that although she knew us, she really didn't know us well. And she right. was trusting us to literally take over all of her finances on yeah. her behalf. And so I felt that she really, she and many other aging parents really needed somebody that they could trust to yeah. be able to help them with their finances. And that's when I decided to start my company.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you and I have been friends for a while. Um, I I always find it funny because I'll I'll have other business owners say, you know, why are you friends with your competitors? Like, you know, you're bringing all these (laughs) other financial coaches onto your podcast. And, you know, to me, it's like we're on the same team here. Like there are so many people that need our help. I couldn't possibly help all of them. You can't possibly help all of them. And I just, I love this sense of camaraderie that we have between financial coaches because there are so many nuances with personal and business finances and, you know, finding that right person to help you and or your family is so important.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and you're definitely right that there are so many different types of clients who need different things. And so what's a strength for you is different than what's a strength for me. And so we can help our clients in different ways, even though it's all personal finance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what are some signs that our senior parents or other loved ones, you know, perhaps aunts, uncles, etc, might need assistance with their personal finances?
3: Um, So oftentimes, some of the first problems that the adult children or even neighbors might notice is that the aging parent starts to become forgetful. Um, Mm -hmm. They might become disorganized, um, especially if they never used to be like that. And all of a sudden you start to really notice it. Um, They might have some new medical challenges that are causing that. And so managing the paperwork starts to become more difficult. They Mm -hmm. might show signs of mismanaging the money. Um, In other words, Mm -hmm. they forget to pay the bills or they suddenly have bank fees that they never had before. You might start to notice all kinds of paperwork on the dining room table, you know, piling up, especially (laughs) if you start to see charity notices and um, requests for donations and things like that. So some of those are, you know, some of the early signs of things going on.
2: Yeah. Let's back up and talk about, you know, some of these signs. Are there, I imagine, if our parent has a diagnosis of something, Mm -hmm. you know, that you know, they're starting to show signs of dementia or Alzheimer's, like that would automatically be a trigger of like, hey, somebody's got to step in here and start helping with the finances. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal diagnosis or something that severe.
3: That's correct. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a normal part of the progression of age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe they weren't necessarily good with that before. And now it's compounded. You know, sometimes that happens.
2: Yeah. And are there instances where different, um, like medications and different treatments can, you know, interfere with the brain functioning that's required?
3: Yeah I, would definitely your say that there, yeah, I would definitely say that there could be, you know, just as any medication would have side effects, you know, mental um, fogginess and, you know, problems with some mental challenges could definitely be a sign of, um, you know, a side effect of different medicines.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I've heard of individuals who have gone through cancer treatments who mm-hmm. have, you know, basically said that a side effect of the chemo was it, it's like they would look at their checkbook or they would look at their bank account and they would just like it just didn't compute they just didn't even know what to do with it
3: yes chronic issues um are also chronic pain and chronic fatigue issues are also another disease or you know conditions that can cause the same kind of problem as well
2: yeah and actually i had noticed um so a couple of things. My, you know, my stepmom passed away two and a half years ago, and I noticed that you know my dad had some pretty serious brain fog going through grief. The grief, yes. And I don't think that people talk about that enough. That there actually, it's like grief brain. Mm-hmm. That you know, you you can be forgetful, and because. That emotion is taking up so much of your mental energy that it can be very easy to forget things or let things slide when right. you're grieving the loss of a loved one. And in fact, uh, my dad had asked me to step in and help him with the day to day bills and the medical bills too. Oh, Yes, because yeah. that was a whole nother. <laughs> that was a, that was a whole nother thing because. Yes. You know, my stepmom passed of cancer. My dad had um, you know, a heart surgery shortly before that. I mean, it was that amount of paperwork was probably even more than the mm-hmm. bills.
3: And to tie that in, you also work with a lot of women who have, you know, are dealing with a lot of emotions from trauma or from different things happening in their lives. So right. those two instances of the grief trauma and you know, that brain fog and the, and it, all the emotion, w- what happens is there's all that burden and all that overwhelmingness um, mm-hmm. that, that it starts to really get in the way of what's going on in the brain that, you know, I, I just can't deal with this right now. I've got this over here that I need to worry mm-hmm. about and I can't worry about that right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. And I, I, I've I also seen some people with, like, long-term COVID brain fog.
3: Oh, yes. Yes.
2: That 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 has been an issue either for themselves or with a parent mm-hmm. where they've had to step in maybe just temporarily right. until things got better. So um, mm-hmm. so what options do we have to help our senior family members? So let's just say it's something where we know it's going to be long term. What so are can- our options?
3: There can be a few different options um, for helping seniors with their money. Oftentimes, it can be really easy to try to choose somebody that lives close by, somebody that can quickly step in to kind of write out the checks, pay the bills, and then they leave when they're done. Um, that's not necessarily always the best way to handle that you really want to make sure that you're choosing someone trustworthy and I'll talk about that in a minute okay you can you can certainly choose a trusted family le- member who lives close by a daughter a son even a niece or a nephew you can turn to maybe a longtime family friend somebody that's been involved in the past and is willing to take on you know that responsibility. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes you even have, you know, financial advisors or accountants who, you know, might try to help out. In all of these cases, it's just um, some people hesitate to get involved because, you know, there's a lot of responsibility to that. There is another option, and that's what we call a daily money manager. That is something that I am. I am a trusted professional who is able to come in and look at the entire situation. I'm able to, um, you know, successfully sit down and go over everything that needs to be done. And we look at the big picture and are able to work with the family members in a different way. You know, there's a lot to navigate sometime when family's involved, when other outside people are involved, even professionals when other professionals are involved. And so a daily money manager can help work with all those different individuals to make sure that the aging parent has the right support that they need at all times.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, before you and I met, I had no idea what a daily money manager was. I didn't even know that that was an option. So it's almost like having a personal accountant
3: It is, it is. For your family member. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I would say probably six months after my stepmom passed, my dad took back the management of his personal finances. Uh, But then probably about six months ago, he said, you know, this is just getting overwhelming. And it wasn't that he could not manage Mm -hmm. it himself. He did not want to.
3: Yeah, that's another great point. Some people don't even want to deal with it. Yeah, (laughs) They're like, you know what? I have better things to do.
2: Yeah. And so he basically said, I'd love for you to handle this for me. I'm happy to pay you. And I said, okay, because I insist that you pay me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very good. (laughs) But not everybody has that option of, okay, my son or my daughter, or I have this family member who's a financial coach or a CPA or an accountant and who actually doesn't mind doing this stuff for a living, you know, then you've got to bring somebody else in. And I can, I can see where having a daily money manager would actually be very beneficial, especially when you've got sibling rivalry
0: and maybe
2: one sibling wanting to control things and, or a lack of trust, between siblings that the daily money manager can kind of be that neutral third party.
3: Yes. And actually, sometimes that's when a family will call in a daily money manager is because they find that the the, um, challenges within the family gets to be too much um, or the aging parent won't trust the family members and would prefer to have a professional handle it. Yeah. And so there is an organization that is the leader of, in the industry called the American association of daily money managers. And that is um, an organization that pulls together all of the daily money managers. Um, they have a standard of um, practice. They have a code of ethics All of their members are required to have background checks. And so these are professionals who are able to be guided by the industry and provide really high level professionalism to the people who need them the most.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people might have the objection like, well, that's got to be really expensive. And when you and I talked about it, I was like, it's actually not that bad.
3: (laughs) Like,
2: no. it's probably no, cost less than you think.
3: <laughs> it does. It does. It costs uh, less than other professionals. And you That's also right. have to look at, you know, what could happen if they don't have someone like their, that in their life? You know, that they're really subject to some scams and other issues that could cause bigger problems and more money.
2: Yeah. And actually, that, that was my next question for you because scammers are everywhere these days. And I feel like... um, Every other day, my dad is forwarding me some email from like the geek squad or something saying like, am I supposed to pay this? And I'm like, no, you don't have the geek squad. Don't pay that bill. (laughs) So what are some things that we should be aware of to protect our parents and other senior relatives from scammers? Because it is so easy to look legitimate
3: it is. And I have seen some really uh, complicated and complex scams that I've been surprised by that could easily sway even the most um, vigilant people. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I'm first, I'm really glad that your father trusts you enough to share that information with you um, yeah. because not all people, not all clients will do that. Mm hmm. It is very important that first someone is able to have that confidence to bring that to you. Some of the, as I mentioned before, charities or, um, or fake charities are often, you know, one, you know, one way of being scammed. So that's, right. you know can be an issue. Um, I've seen some fake mail come in, you know, of somebody requesting other checks. Um, fake checks come in. Um, Um, that if you were to sign them, that would be an issue um, because then, you know, I don't even know the scam, you know, the whole detail of the scam. But if you cash this, it'll cause a problem for you down the road. Certainly we've all heard about various phone calls when people call and request money or they Mm -hmm. try to get your personal information um, so they can open accounts, so they can use your social security number in a variety of ways. So the biggest Parts of that are the biggest ways that you can uh, be aware um, is simply to making, making sure you're checking in with your parent, you're Mm -hmm. hearing what they're saying, you know, if they're talking about, oh, I've got this call from this lovely man today, you know, and he's, he's talked with me for an hour, and I don't even know who he was, you know, Ah. Um, (laughs) things like that, you know, you want to be listening for those kinds of things. Um, Again, watching the mail, you don't necessarily have to be going through the mail, just be, you know, cognizant of what's coming in and what they're talking about to make sure that you're listening for any
0: issues. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christine.com lukin.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes.
2: Yeah, well, and the one thing that I have noticed, especially with um, the scammy emails, is to scrutinize the email address. Yes. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it'll say like, that it's from the IRS, but it's, it's, you know, something like, Pay your taxes now at gmail.com is where it's actually yes. coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, to, to pay mail. attention. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. To say, like, is this really coming from, you know, Amazon mm-hmm. or the IRS or whatever? Because sometimes there's like a slight misspelling, or it might come from Amazon123.com. Right. And. You know, it's like, don't click those links. Mm -hmm. Don't put in your payment information. Yes. Um, So I feel like it's becoming a full-time job to stop scammers. And I keep thinking like, if you would just put that time and effort into something
3: productive
2: like yes. you could actually you could actually make a lot of money doing something legitimate. Yes.
3: <laughs> and really do some good for the world instead of some bad. I know. I yeah. know. Another right. popular one is the um, the grandson or granddaughter calls. Yeah. Or since the pandemic, since everything is a lot of online shopping now, you get a lot of fake um, online emails, you know, asking Mm -hmm. for your payment information for the purchase that you didn't make. You know, those are two other ones. Yeah.
2: Do you, so this is like the big, the big elephant in the room, right? Because when we're talking about helping our senior parents or relatives with money, like, how do we start that conversation? Because for me, you know, my dad basically came to me and said, you know, this is starting to become, you know, a nuisance for me. I want help. A lot of times, parents won't initiate that conversation. So how do we, as children of aging parents or nieces and nephews of aging aunts and uncles, etc. How do we even start having that conversation with them?
3: Well you are right that this is the hardest part. Um, often when adult children start to notice something the senior will deny that something's wrong mm-hmm. they are embarrassed they don't want to th- they don't want other people to think that they can't handle things right so it's a lot of it comes down to sitting down you know, having a real conversation with the parent and saying, look, I've started to notice some things that I'm concerned about. um, And I don't want you to be in a position where it costs you money or where you can't handle things. You know, it's important to be compassionate. It's important to be caring. It doesn't help to get angry or to be real harsh. Um, That's just going to push them away. You know, so just sitting down, having that conversation, and then together starting to talk about, you know, what are some of the options or what are some of the resources that can help? It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you have to take all of that away. It might just simply be starting with some simple steps of things that they can, you know, help with. Maybe you just help with the, the mail to start you know, open Mm -hmm. the mail, you hand it over to the senior and then they're able to sit down and pay their bills. But you then have eyes on what's happening and can Mm -hmm. talk through it as you see it. You know, that's just one good example. So, yeah, yeah, that's really, you know, just again, sitting, listening, being involved, you know, those are three of the main main things.
2: Yeah. Well, and one of the things that, that I've done, with my dad. And I think certainly this can be something that other people that this might be a good kind of hybrid way to manage money, to basically co-manage money. So, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. essentially what I'm doing right now with him. You know, he's still involved. He still knows what's going on. But, um, you know, I use a personal finance app with all my clients and I signed him up for that. And we use it together. So we well, both can great. log in and see what's going on. You know, I will call him and say like, hey, I'm classifying all your stuff and I see this check to so-and-so for $1,700. Like, what was that for? And it's right. like, okay. And, you know, sometimes there are some <laughs> questions back and forth and it's, you know, like, Uh, So why is this person, why are you, you know, lending this person or Mm -hmm. giving this person a couple thousand dollars? Like, what's going on with that? And, you know, just being able to drop in and see what's going on, Mm -hmm. that also allows me to make sure that the bills are paid on time as well. So, and one of the things that we've done is we've automated as much of that as possible, as much of the bill paying as possible is all done online but you know i can still see the emails coming through of like hey your payment for the cable is coming Mm -hmm. coming due and so it's like i can see all of those things but he can see them as well so it's not like oh i'm just taking all of this away from you and and you don't have any control and you don't have any say but there's kind of like this checks and balances where i've told Mm -hmm. him like look I am looking out for you <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. and that's um, a great way to keep him involved. and he still has autonomy. He still feels like he is not losing that control and um and still has, you know, control and say over what his finances, what's going on with his finances,
2: yeah. And I think um, that's important, you know, especially if you're not if if you're just dealing with a situation where, it's getting overwhelming and there isn't a formal diagnosis of, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my parent has Alzheimer's, dementia, et cetera. Do you recommend that when there is a good, strong family dynamic and someone um, is like that logical choice to come in and take over, is it is it better for them to go ahead and, and get some things in place like powers of attorney or being a signer on accounts before there's a formal diagnosis?
3: Um, Absolutely. Once things start to progress, whether there's a diagnosis or not, um, as things start to progress, it can get very difficult to, number one, for the aging parent to understand what's going on. Um, Number two, to know where things are. You know, sometimes as you become forgetful, um, it can be very difficult to remember you know where did I put these documents, where did I put those documents? And so it's important to um, get involved sooner and start to make sure everything's in place. Um, as part of that, not only the you know power of attorney, the will, you know the health documents, but also go through, you know, bank accounts. Where are the bank statements? Where are the life insurance policies? You know, all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things as well. So that way, you know where everything is um, as yeah. things progress. Definitely. Yeah.
2: Well, and one of the things that that I've had to do is is compile a list of the websites, oh, right? Yes. Like yep. the banking websites mm-hmm. and all um, online
3: activity. Yeah. Yep.
2: Definitely. Right. Because it's not just where are all the paper statements. Mm-hmm. A lot of our financial lives are online now. Do you recommend that seniors sign up for, or, you know, children of seniors sign their parents up to monitor their credit score and their credit bureaus?
3: Yes, I do. Um, because part of the scams, whether it's by family that um, are unscrupulous, or Mm. by scammers is that there is use of credit cards and personal information to, you know, open credit cards and to use, you know, things like that. So it's really important to monitor those credit accounts to make Mm -hmm. sure that nothing's going on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I would say as well is make sure that if you've got anybody that's coming to your senior parents' house on a regular basis that you've got background checks
3: yes yeah because
2: we important. we had a situation where you know, there was someone who was coming and going in my dad's house on a regular basis and then we found out that they were convicted of shoplifting. Oh, and so it was like, You know, kind of a reactionary thing of like, okay, well, let's make sure we have identity theft protection and let's make sure that we're monitoring the credit score and, um, you know, let's make sure there aren't any checks missing from the middle of the checkbook or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, Uh, I, I think we're okay, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people who prey on seniors because, you know, there can be lowered. Cognitive Mm -hmm. function. And, you know, if they're lonely, they're happy to have company. Yes. Right. And and so that can make it very easy for someone to kind of slip through that trust barrier. Mm
3: -hmm. One of the things that I have noticed with my father, um, he's going through some medical issues right now and we actually have a lot of people coming through the house. And so you Mm. make a very good point about Um, who's coming into the house. But I find it's actually very busy in the house. So it can be Mm -hmm. easy for him to lose track of what's going on around him. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, his friends are coming to see him and the caregivers are coming to see him and the nurse is coming to see him. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming to see him. And so there's a lot going on more so than I would have thought at this you know, stage of his life. And so, you know, to to keep an eye on what's going on, you know, that's mm-hmm. really important to know who's coming and going and where things are and, you know, just being really vigilant on what's going on.
2: Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's a bad idea to have a personal safe where mm-hmm. you've got important financial documents, oh, yes. you know, where you keep most of your checks, cash, mm-hmm. etc., because you just never know. Right.
3: right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep
2: and we want to protect our senior parents.
3: Yes, Um, we do. (laughs) Yes, we
2: do. And I do think there's a special place in hell for people who scam seniors. (laughs) I'm just going to go on record by saying that.
3: (laughs) I'm going to have to agree with
2: you on that one. Uh, Well, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners today or anything that you you and I did not talk about that you're like, we can't We can't close out this episode before we talk about this.
3: You know, and this is a conversation that could go on all day. There's just so much that could be included in it, Um, but I know we can't. Um, So my final advice, I guess, would be to, again, as I said, just be very watchful. Be Mm -hmm. very wary, as you said, of who's coming and going. Um, Step in if you need to and have those conversations. And then also just reach out to other professionals if you need that extra help.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Julian, thank you so much for being here. You have so much wisdom when it comes to this daily money management and helping out your senior parents, especially having those sensitive conversations with family members. So, I know our audience is leaving this podcast armed with a lot of good actionable information. Um, And we've actually got some amazing um, resources from you that we are going to be linking up in the show notes so that people can basically have this tip sheet of these are the things to be watchful for and these are the steps that you need to take.
3: Yes, there's some great uh, tips, some of which we've talked about today. So looking forward to that link. Thank you.
1: All right, thank you. You know, listen to this conversation today. Uh, ladies gave me flashbacks to when my dad had gotten older, and um you know, we were in a situation where we introduced a computer into his life because a couple of us lived really far we lived really far away, and a couple were somewhat closer, and we assumed everything was okay, uh-uh. and then when he passed away. My one of my sisters was going through all of his personal effects and going through the computer, and she was like, "Do you know how many requests for for donations and for money?" And he and he apparently was in an online relationship with some of these people, and we think no. he had been sending money to these people. You know, so I, I just want to mm-hmm. underscore this notion of being vigilant. It's not being nosy.
3: Mm-hmm. It's right. being
1: vigilant, right. and to your point, Christine and Julianne, it it it's being protective mm-hmm. as yeah. vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely really amazing. So thank you for this conversation very much. Appreciate it. Again, as Christine noted, those of you who have questions, there will be links in the show notes. And Christine, if people want to get a hold of you, want to further have a further conversation with you either about this or or other financial matters, how do they get a hold of you?
2: Yeah. Well, the best way is just to hop over to my website, which is my name, christinelukin.com forward slash apply. And you can schedule your 15 minute consult with me right there.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for this episode. And listeners, thank you for listening. We hope you found it useful and informative. And we want to, of course, encourage you, if you're not a subscriber already, to hit the subscribe button. That's pretty easy to do. Hit subscribe. Then you won't miss a podcast because it will be delivered to whatever listening device you use to listen to these on. Thank you so much. On behalf of Christine, I'm Bill Tucker, and I am urging you to please do not wait. Live your best life and your best day today. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www.christinelukin.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelukin.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Luther. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.